And we have a very special episode of Beaver Does Movies. It's me, just on my own. I asked Mike kindly, hey, Mike, do you want to do this? Then I told him the movie and he goes, I won't even touch that one. And Mike is pretty susceptible when it comes down to Beaver Does Movies, but he's decided you handle it alone. So I had to bring in a guest and... We're going to bring you up the reason why I picked this movie because it's the stupidest reason I could think of to have this person do this movie. But it is Mr. Todd Geek Podcast himself. What was it? Fast Fret Fingers? Yeah. <laughs> Todd McGinnity. Did I get that right? Todd McGinnity. You, yeah, you got it exactly right. You win a free pizza. Yeah. Because you get the last name uh, correct. Wait a minute. Where is, where's the pizza from? <laughs> well, that's just uh, it's, there's no actual pizza. Then fuck that, I, I'm, McGinty. How about that? There you go. <laughs> there we go. Going back, to, going back to how I used to call you <laughs> until I did real debaters with you guys, and Michael brought up McGinty. I went this entire time. I've just been calling him McGinty <laughs> the entire time when it's McGinty. I'm like, okay. I guess Sean and Todd are just nice. Nice enough not to correct me because I was already messing up the first names as it was. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So we, we didn't we didn't know you that well. So, but now we can razz you. No, this. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess yes. <laughs> you know me. Know if you know me. It's been almost two years since we first met. So that's crazy, wow. right? Yeah. Because it, we just had our third uh, Manitoba podcast festival back in September, and we I met you at the first year one. You were like the first guys. I actually spoke to. Yeah, we did the we did the gauntlet the first time we we came yes. over. Yes. Oh yeah. God, yes. And then I came over to your guys where you gave your own version of the gauntlet. Oh wait a minute. What do you, rem- uh, do you remember the date? Because it was around this time. Because we were doing Christmas uh, horror horror movies. Yes, it was. It was around this time. With I think it was in December when we first had you on last year. Yeah. So it's super interesting though. And guess what? We we just have Todd. Sean Sean's been saying, <laughs> just get Todd. Leave me alone. I don't want to watch your movies. Just, t- Todd will do it. <laughs> that was what Sean was telling me the entire time. Well, actually, I won the gauntlet. So actually I'm supposed to be Oh yeah, by the way, competing. this is this is your punishment for winning the gauntlet. <laughs> Watching this movie. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, it was uh it was quite the movie. Oh, it was. Uh I'm actually planning to get on the people that technically won the gauntlet. I'm just going to bring them on just to do terrible shit. Okay. So my plan is to get Michael Petro, Matt Pullman, and uh, Corey, Corey Allen, Allen, messing up his name. Guess what? Not going to change it. Corey of Two Black Geeks on and just giving them terrible terrible movies to watch so these were all the other winners for the uh the, the mo- winners for the as, as in the people that tapped out the most right yeah they are winners because they wanted the movies to stop technically <laughs> so we had that right there so i i've asked you this before but i may as well go into it again todd you've have you seen any movies lately um uh, yeah no m- movies are more yeah sit down and kind of watch them i like to uh the way i've got my my couch set up is i've got 
my monitor on a swing arm attached yeah. to my uh, my night in my side table, oh. and then I've got a wireless keyboard and then yeah. my wireless mouse. So usually we'll watch documentaries and stuff and whatever's on TV. Uh, usually the, the gorier the better because yeah, kind of like to watch that kind of stuff. Especially we're serial killer stuff. Am I right? Serial yeah, killers or cults? Yeah, I'm we're in. we're kind of we're kind of weird that way. So oh, you know, yeah, but it's actually becoming <laughs> the new normal if, if you think about it because a lot of people love that kind of stuff, that real messed up stuff. Yeah. Uh, Snap I, used to be a good series. Yeah. The, yeah, there was actually one I watched that was really good, which was. Uh, Michelle McNamara's I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is a HBO uh, documentary about the Golden State Killer. Ooh. A guy who was not captured for since the 80s, 70s, 80s, and he was only captured last year. Wow. And it was through Michelle McNamara's work on a book that they cross-referenced everything. And it's fascinating. It had nothing to do with DNA? It did. It had everything to do with DNA. And the fact that they kept his DNA and then as technology came up, it actually I don't want to spoil it for you though because okay. <laughs> it's a good but Michelle McNamara, her husband was uh, Patton Oswald. If you, okay. know who, if you know who that is. He's been in a bunch of geek stuff. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Blade Trinity, which has our star in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Normally, yeah, movies and stuff. I usually I'll go with the faces. Yeah. You, you, Names you, are. As, you, as soon as you see him, you recognize who he is. He's like, he's quite big in the uh, the geek sphere. Okay. So anyway, time for my movie, and you, I'm gonna get some eyebrows right now on this. So I watched porno. Long silence. <laughs> long, long silence. Uh, it's on Shudder, which is a horror movie streaming service that I subscribe to. And it's about a Christian movie theater in the 90s. And all the all the people that work there at the end of their shift often watch a movie. And the movie is between Encino Man and, oh God, League of Their Own. But some crazy old homeless guy breaks into the theater and smashes a wall, which reveals a mystery theater. And then oh. a demon curse is unleashed, and they're having to deal with that. And that's the porno? That is the porno. The, the name is porno, but it's actually a horror movie. Okay, so there's no actual nakedness. There's a lot of nakedness. Okay. There's a lot of nakedness in and, this movie and a, uh, a lot of shot of dick, a lot of dick <laughs> uh, on and off the body. Oh. Uh, one of the, the villain is pretty much naked 95% of the time that she's on the screen. Or oh, the villain is a female. It's a succubus. Ah. So, and, it, and this is in the Catholic Church. No, this is in a Christian movie theater. Or, sorry. Yes. Okay. So it's very interesting. I like what they did with the characters. It was a fun little movie that I watched and I, I ended up enjoying it, watching it. And it was uh, definitely something different. Was this a Tubi movie? No, this was a Shudder movie, as I mentioned at the start. A, a Shudder? Shudder. Shudder. It's a Is it horror. New service? Uh, it's been around for a couple of years. It's a horror streaming service. Okay. 
So that Shudder, in my opinion, over these past probably past year, they've been bringing out some real good horror movies. Uh, the Mortician's Collection is a great example, and well, uh, Host, which is a hour long movie set in pandemic times and all done through Zoom. Really? Yeah. It's a great, great movie. It's an hour, and I really do recommend it. It's one of my favorite movies I watched over Halloween, just just from a technical aspect too, because it was all done with social distancing. Am I gonna find a pen here? <laughs> I don't have a pen. You know, I'll remind you afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just re-listen to the to the podcast. Exactly, <laughs> or or I'll just like send you a message going, "Hey, Todd, watch these." And then there's another one which. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it is good. And it's about a online Instagram style influencer. And his whole gimmick is he's does exorcisms. <laughs> and there's a new twist. It turns out he's faking every single exorcism. No, no. Yeah. No. Oh, it can't <laughs> be fake. How dare they? And then a real exorcism happens it's called the cleansing hour that that one that's a really good one and like i said they've they've really stepped up their production their tales from the tales from the crypt creep show stuff is pretty good too because they yes creep show was really good i remember when that was on years ago that was yeah, awesome they made awesome. it into a tv series and the they did a uh halloween special which was animated and the first story is narrated by Kiefer Sutherland, and it's based oh. on, it's based on a Kiefer, uh, Stephen King and Joe Hill story. See, so these are new episodes. These are brand new, brand new. Oh. Uh, they started last year, and maybe because of COVID, they've had to take their time, so they're releasing these specials, which are all animated, but they're still really well done. And this is all through the same streaming service? All, all through Shudder. They don't sponsor me, but I might actually drop them an email. The amount of Shudder love that I uh, give out, I, I may as well get paid to do it, right? No kidding. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of getting paid to do it, we're not getting paid for watching this movie. Okay. We're not getting paid for, for watching <laughs> this movie. Let's, uh, let's talk about the movie. But before that, let's talk about why I decided to pick this movie. Why did you decide to pick this movie? Okay. So... You've seen the graphic, and guess what? That is not photoshopped. I actually took Todd McGinnity's head and put it on <laughs> pro wrestler Jean-Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, his body, and there's no difference. If you've seen uh, Triple H recently, he has a bald head with a beard. It pretty much looks like Todd. Wow. Yeah, uh, I, I saw the picture. It, it's pretty uh, – yeah. like the way on there pretty good. Yes, exactly. So that was the entire reason why I picked this movie. I've never Can seen I... this movie. I had no interest in watching this movie, but I decided, you know what? You get you, you only get these one shots in life, and you may as well take them. You may as well tell, hey, Todd, get over here. We're going to go watch 2011's The Chaperone. <laughs> and so let's talk about the director. Let's talk about Stephen Herrick. A, uh, I'm looking right now. All right. So, holy shit. This guy, this poor guy, I'm looking at his uh, filmography. 
This guy directed such movies as Critters. Okay. That's Bill popular. and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wow. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. The the Mighty Ducks, the the Three Musketeers, 101 Dalmatians, Holy Man, Black Sabbath Time Machine, Rockstar, Man of the House, uh, the Dead Like Me movie. And that's just like his movies. And then he's directed uh, nothing that, of note. But That's quite the list. Yeah. Like, when, what happened when he got to this movie? Oh, God. I think, well, <laughs> The Chaperone, he did a movie called Into the Blue 2, The Reef. So, and that was like a director video. So from, I, I would say, like, he also did a movie with Angel, looks like Angelina Jolie. Like life or something like it, man of the house, and he just seems to have gone downhill ever since. Yeah, he's got some really, you know, popular movie titles. Yeah, and then the next thing he directed was the great Gilly Hopkins with Kathy Bates, G- Julia Stiles, Bill Cobbs. So yeah, this. So yeah, it, it seems like the he had a great '90s career. Stop. You know, technically great uh, 80s career with Critters and Bill and Ted, but then just a series of diminishing returns, eh? I'm just wondering, when he created this Chaperone movie, did he take uh, Triple H and go, you know what, I'm going to make a movie around him? Or did he write the script and then he actually had to go and uh, for auditions? So I'm taking this now. I do think this started life as a WWE is it because the production company behind this is WWE Studios. This uh, is around the initiative that WWE was trying to make their guys larger than life. Right. And so would give everybody and their son that like, the the guys that they wanted to be like above and beyond everything else, they'll give them a movie. So, so they give guys like Randy Orton, John Cena, Triple H Right. All those guys were getting their own movies. Yeah, John Cena has a, had has had a few actually, and he's actually like he's actually taking it more serious too. Yeah, and it's pretty good movies too. Yeah, uh, he's like that uh, Transformers movie uh, that he was in is the best of the lot on well live action anyway. Right, uh, it's the best of the lot. Whereas, and he's just about to come out with Suicide. Squad 2, whenever that comes out. And then he's even getting a TV show off the back of that. Wow. So he's definitely uh, in in good right jumped, now. Yeah, he and jumped it, in with both feet. He de- he definitely did. And like he's going to be in the Fast and the Furious movie, the new one, as the main villain, playing Vin Diesel's brother. <laughs> yeah, he could do that for sure. Which is odd, which is always odd to me. And it's kind of funny because people are asking Batista, hey, would you be in this movie? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> He's like, no, they're dumb. But <laughs> dumb. <laughs> they, they are, though. They are. <laughs> Whereas you got, uh, you know, Batista, he's going to be in the new Dune movie. He was in the recent Blade Runner movie. He's played a Bond villain. He's had more established roles, and they're not just dumb, stupid stuff. Now, do these guys still wrestle? Uh, or- John, John Cena will come in from time to time. Uh, he's not wrestled in a while. He's not wrestled since I would say March, and it okay. was kind of, it was kind of a retirement match. 
Uh, Batista's been gone for a while. Triple H will come in, especially if it's a Saudi Arabia show. Right. But other than that, he's not really around much. Uh, they're pretty much casual now. If, if you're taking in like actual job terms, it's casual. Now, is he the one who married uh, McMahon's daughter? Triple H, yes. Okay. So, yeah. So it's, he's a good wrestler and everything like that. But people do say he kind of got that extra bump because he married the boss's daughter. Well, it doesn't hurt. Like he was on his way. He was doing really, really well for himself. But Mm -hmm. like I said, he, he kind of got that extra little like leg up on everything, especially on, especially on his uh, new wife. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, oh. So, um, I want to talk about this movie. I want to talk about like just the ass backwards idea of doing this because well, I'll, let, I'll let you start. Like, just your uh, thoughts on this. Well, I, when I when I was watching it, it kind of got the feeling it was kind of a combination of uh, road trip and. Uh, that Arnie movie, um, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, Kindergarten Cop. It was kind yeah. of a combination of of those two two movies that I got out of it. Yeah, I I really do think this was uh, ass backwards because oftentimes when you get an action star, you get to do these really cool roles first to establish the name. Then you're new to them by having these stupid kiddie movies. And here's the thing. The only person to make these type of movies work was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cup. Well, yeah. Well, he had all the, he had all the one-liners. Like you had Vin Diesel in The Pacifier. If you remember that. You probably don't. I mean, um, Sylvester Stallone in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Okay, yeah. That didn't work. Um... Yeah, they're taking the big burly guys and they're they're putting them in in regular actor positions, and they're not they're not shining in their no in their forte. No, you can call it. You've got the Rock in the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. Then you've got Hulk Hogan in uh, Mister Nanny, which he, is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> it, it pretty much is, apart yeah. from you know, apart from replacing same Nanny way. with uh, Tooth Fairy. But like, yeah. they're both in tutus. That's the thing. They're both in two, two. And, yeah. and like I said, at least Hulk Hogan had No Holds Barred and Suburban Commando under his belt. So he had a few action movies where he was the star. And then you had, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was huge when he brought out Kindergarten Cup. And the scary thing is, Kindergarten Cup is so good in comparison it good. to, it's the best. Arnold is the only one because he has that strange charisma to him. Yes. That would actually overpower it the entire scenes with him just yelling at the kids is enough for the ticket alone yeah and then yeah. they try to re they try to recreate it with Dolph Lundgren in kindergarten cop 2 oh sequel yeah yeah it came I, out I, last year terrible how yeah, was I, it I've not seen it I don't want to see it oh you don't want to see it <laughs> and this is me not wanting to see it that's the thing wow yeah so no, uh no. Is this Triple H's first movie? No, this is is this is his first starring role movie. Okay. Because in 20, 2004, 
he came out with Blade Trinity, where he plays one of the henchmen. A.K.A. Jarko Grimwood. Okay. And how did he do in that movie? No, he was really good. I really enjoyed his role. He was great as just this giant, burly dude with a little, like, dog. And who just beat the shit out of people. And then he would get his comeuppance. Right. So he was in character. Yeah, exactly. He, he, yeah. he was perfect. They, they he put was him in, in. Yeah. Then he was in something called Relative Strangers. And then he did this movie. And in the same year, he brought out another movie called Inside Out, which seems like should have been his star and role movie that they brought out first, show that he's a complete badass, then cut his nuts off with the chaperone. You can't, backwards. you can't cut somebody's nuts off and then go, hey, here you go. Oh, wait a minute. He's a badass now. You can't do it. You've got to like have these cool movies then you got to cut his nuts off with a silly angle. Right. Like you wouldn't have had Conan the Barbarian after uh, Kindergarten Cop. Wait a minute. You, you're telling me that the fucking Kindergarten Cop is going to be Conan? Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't although, work. Although he can pull it off. He could have pulled it off because just like you said, his charisma, he's got a certain something. Yes. That his presence yeah. that really, you know, grabs the, grabs the scene. And then after Inside Out, he never played another character again. It was all himself in animation stuff. Okay. So pretty much after Inside Out bombed, he was like, you know, I'm done. <laughs> Wrestling's my game. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. And it's just it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. What they did to my boy, Triple H. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I think they really tried to get him to be like this big action star. But I think, like a lot of WWE stuff, sometimes they don't think and just throw anything out. Right. Now, we're talking, we're going to be talking about this movie, right? We're not, it's not going to be a spoiler, like it'd be like a spoiler alert. I don't give a but... shit. I don't think anyone really cared that yeah. I, uh, I'm spoiling The Chaperone, a right. nine year old movie. Starring Triple H and Ariel Winter. Yeah, well, the the daughter, that's the one that's uh, the daughter in uh, Modern Modern Family, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, because I was watching, well, wait a second, that's, uh, I can't remember the name, but yeah, I remember what she was in. Yeah, I'm just looking right now. Where did she go? She's like, I'm looking at the IMDb and I can't find her. uh, Oh. I can't find her in the cast. It's like, oh. So once Modern Family, you know, that's, that's was what done. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Like, I'm looking for, like, where is... Oh, there we go. So I found her. So she started on Modern Family. I think this is around the same time that Modern Family started. Like, I'm looking at her television credits. So that was her bust-out role then. I, yeah, I think that was, like, the thing that got her a big start. Although she, she did a bunch of, like, movie stuff. Like, she... She was the voice of Robin in 2012 in the uh, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, uh, 2009 until 2020. So she was like three years into Modern Family. So that's probably off the back of that is why she was on here. Right. So let's, uh, let's begin. Let's begin talking about The Chaperone. Okay. So this movie came out in, when did it come out? 2011, right? 
Okay, well, it's not the it's not the same one from 2018 because there's one from 2018 called the Chaperone based yeah. in the 20s. So there's two two women on there, I think. Yeah, I, I kept looking. I'm like, get out of the way. We're trying to find the Triple H one. So, how much do you reckon this movie costs to make? Uh, Remember, they got to get that Lisa Simpson money. Uh, Five million. Eight point two million. Wow. And do, do you know what the box office return was? Five. <laughs> Five million? Yeah. 30 grand. Really? Yeah. Wow. 30.515 30 30. So somebody was using it as a tax write-off. Probably right. WWF, the WWF or whoever uh, yeah. sponsored the movie. God damn. And yeah, so it's uh, written by S.J. Roth, who... I'm checking his writing credits right now. This is his only writing credit. If I, if I was like, hey, I wrote The Chaperone. What, the 2018 one? No, 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 the one with Triple H. You mean the wrestler, right? Yeah, okay. Get the fuck out. <laughs> that was his one and only... Uh... That was his one and done, my friend. Wow. Yeah. Must have been McMahon's nephew or something. S.J. <laughs> Roth, or it's like a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's his so, writing name. So let's, uh, like I said, let's get into it. We've gotten like the brass tacks. So the chaperone, aka Ray, but we're mm. going to call him Triple H. Right. So let's talk about his character. Let's talk about his acting. What did you think to his acting? <clears throat> well, at the beginning, when you're when you're watching it, he's kind of mellowed out because I mean, he's he's getting out of jail and because he went to jail i guess he's been reformed and whatnot so you kind of see a soft version of his character up until the point to where he's on the bus and the kids are getting restless and the teacher's not doing anything about it so he decides to take it upon himself to uh discipline or or you know quiet these kids down oh so, god so this is the point where you see him in character like if he was in the ring. Yeah. So now he's now he's boisterous, he's he's projecting very strong vibes uh, to get his point across. Uh so up up to that point it was like okay, well is is this it? Like is this his character throughout the movie? And then once this hit, then it was like okay, now he's starting to to ramp up a little bit. Yeah, the thing with so you first see him and he's this is the thing that was like how how is that he constantly keeps calling into a radio station while he's in prison yeah I, I didn't really understand that until later because at the beginning i thought it was he was calling his shrink no and and he was you know talking to that person and, and kind of helping him through things uh and then to find out it's an actual radio station yeah it is i, I swear all this was set up just for the happy ending at the end <laughs> every the, the issue I found with this was it was so contrived in this movie. Everything had to link somehow. And it was like the writing was pretty much slapped in your face. Right. You, you could tell everything that was about to happen 20 minutes before it happened. Uh, yeah, because it, it followed pretty much the same standard as, as every movie in that kind of genre where it's like, okay, you have the characters... They're going to end up in some type of a, a mess. And then, you know, in the end, they kind of get out of it. But it was kind of, but yeah, you could, you could see a couple of steps ahead. Do you imagine how many people he had to shank to get the radio, 
to get that phone at the right time to call in and how many people he had to continually shank as people are waiting in line, threatening to bite him. This was in the... This was in the movie. Like, there's a guy who clearly looks like he's trying to bite him. And I'm just... This is me thinking, like, outside the movie. Okay. How many people did he have to shank to get the, the phone at the right time so that he could call it into the radio station? Well, that's always a wonder. My, you, uh... you know what I mean? Like, I, I always wonder. And I, how did that start? It was like, you know, I'm going to... My, my wife and kid don't want to talk to me over the phone, so I'm just going to call into the radio show. Well, it was just kind of a sporadic in different parts of the movie he would call. Yeah. And it didn't make any sense when he was calling. It was just... I really do think the reason why they include that stuff was because they wanted him to monologue, but they didn't want to explain it in like a creative way. So it's like, let's just have him call the radio show and talk about its problems. This is Dr. Fraser Crane. I'm pretty, listening. Pretty much. It's pretty much that. It's pretty much Triple H calling Frazier going, hey, this is what I'm going on. Instead of maybe him teaching himself or talking about problems he dealt with in problem in prison that he kind of overcame, it was more of, hey, so my, my, my wife hates me. What do I do? Instead of going, there was a time in prison where I had to kind of prove myself so that they would leave me alone. And this is how I did it. I didn't do it with violence. I did it by letting, by letting them stay away from me. Now, do you remember the three key things he said? No, I don't. Cause it, my eyes glazed over, but. <laughs> well, the last one was let it go. Yes. Right. Uh, the first two. Do you remember? No, I don't. Well, you? shit. I was hoping you did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let's see if they got any quotes for this movie. <laughs> but like I said, it's just it was so it was like such a weird crutch that they were using for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was uh, something about uh, find the problem, forgive, let it go, let it go, or something like that. I, I believe so. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, confront it, be truthful, and let it go. There you go. There we go. And we that's and that's what the radio shrink kept telling him. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he would tell that to other people. Yeah. He would tell them like, oh, so it would have been nicer if he kind of used like proverbs to kind of like talk about his problems and how he dealt with them and then talk about how he's trying, he's struggling to deal with them. You know what I mean? Rather than him in a very much reminiscence of the warriors, him well, calling in. Going, hey, this is what's going on. What should I do? Okay, it sounds cool later. Well, they, well, I mean, they portrayed him as, a, you know, I don't want to call it well, like a meathead, I guess. So it wasn't someone who is highly in, in, intellectual who would, you know, talk about all these things. He was pretty much bare bones. This is what you get. I mean, this is what you see. This is what you get. These are my problems. And then go from there. So yeah, it wasn't. It's, yeah. And it's kind of funny because he got seven years for being a getaway driver. Yeah. And he was and just the driver. He was just the driver. And apparently he took the fall for everything while his, uh, his gang run away. And in this movie. Oh yeah. The, the reason, the reason why he went to jail to begin with was, yeah, because he was the driver. And uh, I guess when the bank was being robbed, 
uh, the guys who were inside the bank, I guess there was a sound alarm and they found out about it. And because the driver didn't hear anything, uh, they just took off. But I think they went out through a different, a different door. Yeah. They pretty much left him. But the only thing is, is if you're sitting in a vehicle outside of a bank, minding your own business. Yeah. Even if the cops swarmed and asked you what you were doing, you're just sitting there. Why would you get arrested? Especially if they didn't catch the other guys. Yeah, that, that actually, yeah, that's a huge plot, all right. Because like, all he's doing is just sitting there. He has no money. He's just, right. he's like, I'm just waiting for my wife. Right. I'm exactly. For, yeah, that actually makes sense. Like, why, why would, unless uh, the the witnesses saw them co- coming out of that car and saying that he was a getaway driver. Well, there, there is that. There would be cameras, so... But witnesses from the inside, if they brought that guy in, they would say, no, that's not him. Mind yeah. you, they all had... Mind you, we didn't see how they did it the first time. Oh, the second time they did it, they all had masks on. Oh, let's talk about that stupid Condoleezza Rice joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I could see what they were trying, but it wasn't funny. Yeah, because they wear a George W. Bush because this is 2011, mm. a Dick Cheney mask, mm. and one guy wears a Condoleezza Rice mask because they run out of the Rumsfeld ma- masks. Right, <laughs> and for some reason, the bank teller that he's like Robin is so ammoed by him, she's asking a bunch of questions, and she gets an extra scene where she's basically repeating everything she said previously, but then she says that she had the hots for him. Oh, yeah. She like had a, the hots for him because he had the mask on. Yeah, she's like, I like a man that is a bit quirky. So, <laughs> like, what and you're the, there robbing rob the bank, like, uh, just give me the cash. <laughs> yeah. So he, so, so his whole thing when he gets out of prison, he's apparently nice to everybody. He's really changed his way. He, he used to go by Ray Ray, and now he's just Ray. Just Ray. Maybe. The extra Ray is his violent side, and now he's just Ray. That that violent side is gone. Right. Although from stuff that happens in this movie, nope. Ray Ray still is there. And so he goes to his wife and his daughter, who's not seen him for seven years. And holy shit, they fucking hate his guts. You know what? I was surprised when she opened the door and he was there, and she didn't know that he was there. I would have expected more of a surprise on her on her face it was more like oh you're here it was like oh did you escape like is there yeah. was no there was no concern at all no, and it, and she wasn't as pissed off at him as you you would have thought the, the way they wrote the movie that she would have been you know a little more vocal on 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 how she felt yeah so his wife has been in a bunch of stuff uh her main roles being in uh sons of anarchy the west wing Holt and Catch Fire, uh, Mystic Pizza, SLC Punk, The Last Supper, and apparently, oh, Double Jeopardy, which had Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those movies, but that's where she's mainly from. And right. we also introduced Ariel Winter, who is actually worse to her dad than anybody else in this movie. Like, unwarranted. I understand, like, he, he fucked up. And went to prison because of it. Right. But if my dad was in prison for seven years and he came out, I'll be hugging the shit out of him. There will be like some deep-seated like emotional issues from that. 
but right. I won't be overly antagonistic to him. Hug first, and then we'll deal with the other crap after. Exactly. I won't be like, fuck you. Take that teddy bear. Shut up, you dickhole. I'm going inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? I won't be doing that. It would be more of like a hug, but she, the entire movie, she's just completely an asshole to him. He's like, try, he's trying his best to be in her life, and she's just being... I understand he's been in prison for seven years, but hey, he's been in prison for seven years and he's come out and the first thing he did was come and see you. Right. You know what I mean? There's a couple of scenes in the movie that were kind of, not odd, but just kind of different. Yeah. Uh, One was, normally a dad is very protective of his daughters, right? Yes. So it's not like you're going to be pushing guys towards them, right? No. Although in this movie, there's one guy, he's a quiet kid. Mind you, he was a good kid. Okay, yeah. he was a, he was a tall kid, and she kind of liked him, and he I think he kind of caught on to that a little bit, and then when he was kind of driving the bus, and he just kind of jerked it over to the left hand side, so she kind of fell over onto him type <laughs> yes. of thing. That that yeah. was kind of an odd odd thing. Uh, the other one was when uh, he was talking to his ex wife, and his ex wife is now getting married to this doctor, Melvin. Yes, and. <laughs> And he goes, oh, uh, I have to go to the hospital to do a procedure or something or other. And he sees him and he looks at her and he figures, well, okay, I'm going to give her a kiss. Very awkward kisses. (laughs) (laughs) It's like overly the top, kissing the side. He's like, get off me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's often, you often see this if you, on your own as a male, and you see someone walking with his girlfriend, especially the more insecure ones, you'll know as you put his arm around her and like kind of bring it her in tire or like kiss her or something like that. Just say, hey, this is mine. That's like right. a really like s- stupid masculine attitude that they have where it's like, hey, I got to like, I can't piss on her to make mark my territory. So I got to kiss her instead. Right. In front of <laughs> her ex. Well, not even an ex, just some random guy in the street. I, the amount of times I've seen it where it's just like, Keep yeah. If you're walking on the street on your own, you're looking you're looking good, and you see a couple nearby you. Watch what the guy does. It's it's often like just so stupid and insecure. It's hilarious, and that's what Melvin was doing. Ah, yeah. Okay. You notice those things, do you? <laughs> I I have time to look. So cool. Yeah, but yeah, Melvin just what a dweeb. <laughs> what a dweeb. Well, well I mean he's. Uh was short just an older older guy he's just out of shape and everything yeah compared to him like he's walking you know, walking around like you know walking tall type thing if i was melvin because he's clearly got a bit of money to him mm-hmm. i'll just be walking with like just hundreds hanging out my pockets yeah go hey <laughs> hey can like, you uh can you give me a change for a hundred i don't even have five bucks Oh, ain't that a shame? And they just walked off, just like flaunting the money. Because that's all that's all Melvin's got over like Ray in this movie. Yeah, I'm Ted DiBiase. Pretty much. <laughs> Making it rain. Making it rain. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if the boy the ex uh the new boyfriend was played by Ted DiBiase instead. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Or even the nature boy. Oh god. <laughs> Na- you, you would just see Ric Flair humping the banister behind her. Go, Woo! <laughs> they'd have some. They'd have some pretty good battle scenes, though. It would be, and yeah. like they're uh, really good friends as well. So it would be super interesting. So the plot of this movie is he's out, and then for the 
I, I hate that this happened. As soon as he walks in to school to like just come and see her, mm-hmm. the teacher introduces herself and she's played by Lisa Simpson in The Simpsons. It's the voice actress for Lisa. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen Smith. her before, right? I didn't, I didn't, I, I've seen her in other movies, but I didn't realize she was the voice. Did you have the movie on mute? Because as soon as she opens her mouth, you know it's her. Well, she had this little, you know, little voice. Yeah. But and I didn't, I it's didn't Le- put them it's uh, Lisa Simpson. And I was really, I was really hoping that she would have been the love interest for this movie. Triple H and Lisa Simpson. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a romance for the ages. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely would be different for sure. So I want to ask you this. You're a dad, right? Mm-hmm. So if your kids were having a school uh, a school vacation, a school day off, whatever, whatever the hell, would you be upset if one of the chaperones was an ex-con who the day before got out of prison and was in seven years in prison for arm robbery getaway i would have some concerns yes i definitely well, would have yeah like what i i don't fully understand this but wouldn't they do a background check or at least because he's not been they've not seen him since she's been in high school but he just you wouldn't randomly, know but you just, wouldn't know unless someone told you he would yeah but here's the thing he randomly shows up and even the door says it yes that's my dad wouldn't they like Double check, saying, "Hey, uh, the dad came in, and we were wondering if you could be there. Is that okay? I know he's not been in the daughter's life; he's been busy with work. But we'll just double check yeah, in. You want for the government? You want you want go? Yeah. Oh, that, that, oh god <laughs> damn it! God, when they just double check, especially with kids involved, maybe it's just me. I, I don't know if they would do that. Like if someone registered for school." Yeah, and say what? What grade was she in? You figure? I would, I would say she was eleven. Uh, she was twelve. Grade she looks like she was five in the in the uh, the flashback where he taught her how to drive. Okay, so when I'd you say, say tw- twelve was, years old or grade yeah. twelve? Uh, twelve years old. She she's oh. not eighteen. So oh, okay, <laughs> she, I'm trying to. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, they were younger. Yeah. Kids. Can we talk about that flashback scene where he's teaching her how to drive? Okay. What was on his face? It's what like on it's face? like a brown like stain. Around oh his yeah, yeah. What is that? That oh my god, the 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 makeup and hair. Oh, that that was atrocious. When he came out of at the beginning. When he, <laughs> yes. When he yes. came out of the jail, I'm looking at his face and I'm going. And they did a lot of close-ups of his face. Yeah. And and you could see, it's like, what did they do? It's it, like they took a broom, they cut a bunch of stuff off, the straw straight, as straight as an arrow. <laughs> and they put this stuff on. He looked like, you know, Abe Lincoln or something. Like he, They had all this stuff on. And then, yeah, same thing when they were driving. But instead of having a full beard, they just had the goatee. But it was kind of a dark, same same type of... of, of and, they kept, and they kept going back to it. He kept going back to his long beard in like photos, and every time it just looked more and more shit as it went on. Yeah, the didn't... more and more you could like see it, I'm like this looks like hot garbage. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Does it say who? Does it say who the makeup? 
and and hair are done by uh they better be fired because and is there a way to cross-reference to see what other movies they've done i will take a look right now <laughs> uh if you want to just talk about let's talk talk a bit more about the plot while i check this out uh well the well the basic plot i guess was um he was going to try and try and get back with his his daughter and and uh you know kind of mend mend the relationship uh and then yeah like he, he ends up going to be the chaperone um and then for some reason because uh she kind of rejected him so he figured you know what screw it I'm just going to go because his buddies said, you know what, let's, I got a job for you when we come out yeah. and he was all pissed off at him. He was throwing money at him and trying to, because they had left and he had, you know, basically, you know, took, uh, uh, ended up going to jail for those years and then come out with yeah. nothing. So he offered they him a job. Yeah. So then he decided to, you know, so they, they got in the vehicle and they went out to the bank. Uh, the guys went in and I guess for some, like, how often does this happen? Okay. You're in front of the bank. You look out the window and, oh, look, the bus from <laughs> yes. my kids. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking, how far away are you from the school? You know what I mean? Just that, that, like I was saying earlier, the coincidences in this movie yeah. are supernatural. Very. The same <laughs> bank that they are doing this in is across from where the kids are being picked up at school. Yeah. That's like one in a million chance of that happening. So I found I'm looking right now, and my guess is it'll be under makeup department. It'll be additional hair, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a gentleman called Kent Richard. Is uh, he didn't do much. Uh, he was very busy. <laughs> is, he, is he like the writer? The until, one and done until 2013. And then he did another movie in 2019, but he didn't do much after that. Like he took like a big break from 2013 onwards. But so, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Bolden. Have you seen it? No. But he has also done movies like GI Joe Retaliation, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Killing Them Softly. Uh, Killer Joe, which is actually a good movie. Green Lantern, Battlefield Los Angeles. Okay, so was this the movie that he, you know, uh, they call it uh, cut cut his teeth with? Like, was this no. his first? No, no, no. He did. Is uh, he did a hairstylist in 1994, but then he made a comeback in 2004 with Pizza My Heart. Oh, and then he's done a bunch of stuff. Since then, but then he, he seems to take like long breaks in between. What's well, a big paycheck in between? He, yeah, he, take those... he has that chaperone money, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about the villain. Let's talk about Kevin Corrigan. I really like, as an actor, Kevin Corrigan. He's in one of my favorite movies of all time, which was True Romance. Okay. He was the main villain? No. Uh, in this movie, yes. Okay, the bank he, robber. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's in True Romance. He plays, he plays like the quirky guy with the shotgun that kind of plays around in True Romance. He's also in Goodfellas, mm -hmm. uh, Walking and Talking, The Departed, Pineapple Express, 
Seven Psychopaths, The King of Staten Island, Big Fan, and Results. Uh, every time he's in, he's always the best part because he can really play the role really well. And I really enjoy his act- actor. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, Very good in the movie. So, uh, unfortunately, he's kind of wasted in this. He's kind of playing the fool. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like second fiddle for sure. He kind of is. And... Like the problem with this movie, I, I'm find is just very by the numbers, and not a strong enough lead for this to be worth it. Do you agree? Not enough of a lead. Yeah, as in Triple H, because the movie is only strong as a lead, especially when you have a weak script, a weak premise, weak jokes. So you want to know whether he's the weakest link? Or if the actual movie writing was the weakest link. No, 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 no. I'm saying he is a weak link in this movie. Okay. Because he's not strong enough an actor to carry this movie. Uh, no, because he he's, he's pretty linear. Yes. With wrestling. There's no, it's pretty much badass. That's me. That's my persona. And that's what I'm going to build on. Um, otherwise, to go in a different direction, it, it's like it's like Arnie. I mean, yeah. Arnie's got his... He's, he's got his, his chops, but he's honed them, and he's able to put himself in any situation. Oni can job. deliver a line that could sound stupid, but it just comes off hilarious or badass. Right. He, has, he, he, he understands who he is, whereas Triple H, he really tried in this movie to kind of be the nice guy, but then his wrestling persona will come out. When he's fighting Kerry Corrigan in the bathroom and he puts his fist through the wall and he's, yeah. cut, he's cutting a promo on him. He's cutting a wrestling promo and he's yeah. doing the same cadence as Triple H, the cerebral assassin. <laughs> you know what I mean? And going back to Lisa Simpson, the funniest thing is throughout this movie, she's like kind of doting on him, kind of really likes him. As soon as a cop shows up and goes, we're looking for this man. I knew that son of a bitch was dirty. Fuck him. He immediately turns on him. Like, Jeez. like she got to know him pretty well and that he's just a nice guy with a, a weird affinity for dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, she was trying to, I mean, he was trying to get the other guy for her to kind of like him. Yeah. So he was kind of giving her, giving her, giving him pointers, I guess. That kind of, talk to that her kind of went nowhere, did it? Uh, no, it just kind of was kind of like a side thing that just kind of faded away. They didn't really it, it, progress on it. It would have been nice if they go on their date and then they turn and those two are at another table across from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, it is me giving some praise. The one thing I did like was the whole radio show section. Like I hated it for the, the monologuing, but I like where they put it at the end. At the end, when he calls and then she's not there, another guy answers and says, "Oh, it's you know such and such." Yeah, that, 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 Ray that Ray get, or yeah, that gets him off. But I also like at further on at the end where his new job, Triple H's new job, is being Fraser Crane himself on the radio. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. I'm like, you know, what? that makes sense, and it's a fun ending. Although they did make a prison rate joke, which was kind of fucked up. <laughs> Where they told him, hey, make sure you sleep ass to the wall. Yeah. I'm like, okay, pretty fucked up, dude. Yeah. 
Now, what would have happened if, say, since we're talking about Arnie, what would have happened if they would have taken Triple H out and you would have replaced it with Arnie? Oh, God. Do you think it would have, the movie would have been a way different movie? I think, and I think Arnie would have actually asked for them to bump the script up. Yeah. Look out, it comes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> what was it? Driving was the it? bus. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Just in screaming the, the entire time. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> one joke that they have is one of the girls goes for Botox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been, if, if Arnie was in that movie, he would have took one look and go, What's wrong with your lips? <laughs> Just screamed at her, <laughs> shaking her. What have you done? Get a beat, get to you. Where to be? <laughs> You're just screaming. Yeah, that's uh, that was quite the uh, wow. If if that's what Botox does, then I know yeah, you just skip that one. So here's the one thing that disappointed me is that they didn't lean in to Triple H being the person in this movie because, like, when The Rock did the pacifier, he mm. at least was doing his wrestling stuff. Right. So I was expecting Triple H to walk down the bus with a sledgehammer over his shoulder because that's his wrestling uh, weapon of choice. It's a right. sledgehammer. It would have been fucking hilarious if he's walking down the bus, sledgehammer over his shoulder going, now you shut up. Now, why wouldn't they have done that? Exactly. And I mean, it, it, it is a world where it's a wrestling movie. Yeah, exactly. It's by a wrestling studio. They, they really should have lent more into the schlock rather than trying to make it just too family-friendly. It's wrestling-fied, but it's not. It has a wrestler in it, but there's no mention of wrestling. Like, can you see Mankind coming down off of the bus, you know, with his leather, you know, the whole thing, his oh. old garb that he had on? Oh, I would have had Mick Foley as the main villain in this movie. Yeah. And then, because I actually wrote in my notes that the the biggest tragedy of this movie was that Triple H didn't pedigree Kevin Corrigan. Pedigree is the name of his wrestling finisher. Okay. Where he grabs both arms, sticks his, their legs in between his heads, and then dives up and then drums them face first onto the ground. Jeez. Like, if he grabbed him and then did that onto a, a Mardi Gras float, amazing. Wow. It would have been amazing, but they yeah. just... Instead, he gets arrested, and that's the end of it. Yeah, it's yeah. It was it was a different movie. They didn't put the right. I mean, yeah. They, if you're gonna have a wrestling movie, you should have it more wrestle-ish. Yeah. I guess you you could say this was just kind of like one of those not a Hallmark movie, but it was more of a oh, it's close kind though. of a. Uh, kind of like a cookie cutter movie they just kind of okay here 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 uh there go act do your stuff it, it wasn't, wasn't like okay well you know because w it, the wrestling is is all about the you know the pyrotechnics and, and yeah. the extravagance yeah but they didn't do any of that in this movie at all yeah it's it's just really weird and i just don't get why they didn't like fully go in with it like they should have really have gone crazy with it so let's talk about at the end, because I, I wrote some notes. Okay. So I wrote, clearly his wife in the movie took f lessons from his real life wife, because when she slapped him, holy shit. 
That was like the meatiest, <laughs> meanest slaps. And not just one. Twice. And twice. His, yeah, yeah. His real wife, Stephanie McMahon, is known for giving some mean slaps. So I'm wondering if she was on set going, hey, this is how you slap my husband. Just yeah. start slapping the shit out of him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Actually, maybe maybe the stand maybe she had a stand-in. Maybe she was a double. Maybe it was his wife. <laughs> maybe his wife just, let hey. me do it. Let yeah. me do it. <laughs> a a slapping. Yeah, he let the toilet seat up again today. Slap. <laughs> and then I wrote movie ends. Then the whole dumb handshake thing. That's how like it. How it you know he's okay with his daughter being okay with him. Right. Is the whole hand thing, and don't even get me started. Here's another problem. All the kids in this movie, they're only in the movie to serve a purpose. They're not characters. They're purposes. One, yeah, ca- you- one character is only there because they want to use fireworks later on. Right. Another kid is only there because they want mic- microphones to listen in on each other. Right. Another kid is there because he's kind of the love interest of the main character and like like you were saying it is super weird how he was pretty much kind of pushing her into him my guess is because he, that kid liked him he's like that kid likes me that's my way in, to getting back into my daughter's good books yeah i'm like that, that, that could have been a subtle yeah a subtle hint yeah that, that, that's what i kind of got it was just kind of weird but everyone else was kind of jerky on the bus, like the guy who, who wanted all the firecrackers and yeah. the cherry bombs and stuff. Uh, let's, let's talk about when he, they introduced him. So a random guy off campus walks on and grabs them both by the hair and drags them away from each other. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, you would have been sent to jail right away. Yeah. Normally. Like, <laughs> you've just been out of jail for a day and you walk on and grab... Two 12-year-olds yeah, by the hair and yeah. drag them away from each other and start screaming at them about, what did you do? Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. Didn't, it didn't quite fit. And you know why it didn't quite fit was because after that scene and when they were on the bus yeah, and he was yelling at the kids, she was like, oh, no, you can't. You can't yell at the kids. Did you not see what the hell he did with the two kids <laughs> you in the walk- yard? You introduced yourself <laughs> as you walked up. Yeah. Oh, man. God. So yeah, this movie, uh, unforgettable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, sorry, not unforgettable, forgettable. Well, it's as it go infamy. <laughs> as as it goes, like, let's talk about. So this got a C minus, and it has a twenty uh, on the IndieWire. It has a twenty nine percent Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, so that's the one to go by. Is considered dirty. It's considered rotten. Wow. Uh, and it so, was it was almost two hours long. I looked at it. I went, that can't be right. One hour and forty five. This was a hundred minutes long movie. Yeah. It was, why? No, yeah. Why exactly? Oh man. And just yeah, just put. I think this killed Stephen Herrick's career. You figure? Well. He, he, his next movie after this was uh, 2015 The Great Gilly Hopkins. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Nope, I've never even heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's it, ca- it came out in 2016. 
and that's it. That's the only thing he's done ever since, apart from something called Reverse Runner, but he was just a uh, executive producer on that. Oh, wow. never mind. He did the revival of MacGyver. Like the series? Yeah. Oh. And Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors and the Rush Hour TV show and the Hawaii Five O TV show. And he went back to Dolly Parton again in 2016. Oh, okay, so he's done a few things. But like to go from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to this. Yeah, that's you, you know what I mean? It's a, it was his dark period. Oh god, it's, it's carrying on cuz he's not doing yeah. much. Did he have like a substance abuse problem or something or I, I don't know. Let's let, let's uh I'm just going to Google Stephen Herrick right now and see if there's any uh news about him. No, there's no there's no like new news. It's like the fact that he got passed over to do the third movie and they're redoing Mighty Ducks again and they're looking over him again. They really? Got, yeah, so. Well, you never know. I mean, if he's back into familiar territories, he might be able to to tread water a little better. Maybe, maybe. So, yeah. so Todd, this is the uh, near the end of the podcast. So let's give your final thoughts on this movie. Watch it. Don't watch it. How to watch it. If you're into wrestling and you like Triple H and just kind of want to see him act, uh, you could try it out. But as for anyone else, as for a movie to watch that's a good movie, I wouldn't I wouldn't waste my time, really, yeah. especially, especially almost two hours. So I say this as someone who kind of enjoys Triple H's roles as a wrestler. I wouldn't recommend to watch this as a wrestling fan. It's not it's not geared to wrestling fans and it's just not a good movie either. It's, no, if if it's you didn't very, know he was a wrestler and yeah. you watched the movie, you go, uh, who's this guy? Yeah. What why did the why did the, the henchman from Blade Blade Trinity get his own movie? What the fuck <laughs> is this? Why is Lisa Simpson in this? Why is exactly. it why, why is it one of the daughters from Modern Family in this? Yeah. What? What? Who does Kevin Corrigan owe money to to get into this movie? Well, it could have been. I don't know how the like WWF are they still making movies? No, no, they quit a long time ago. Okay, like, Th- this was probably the last one. Uh no, they. Let me, t- <laughs> let me take a look. WWE Studios. I I I've not heard in a while their movies, so I'm gonna look see what their movies is. So they had their own studio. Yeah. Okay, oh. so they had a they had a budget, obviously. Oh, they're still going. Oh. Oh lord. Oh lordy. Oh, there's lots of them. Oh. Like 2019, they brought one out. There was a movie called The Buddy Games. There's one called Rumble. Uh, which is an animated affair. And holy, holy. Oh man. There's lots. They've been going since 2003, which starred with The Rock. And now it's uh, the 2021 slated release is Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns, who is the cousin of The Rock. Okay. Uh, They've not done much since. Like 2017, they, they released quite a few movies, including a Jetsons crossover movie. Like a spacey, yeah, it's it's a crossover with the Jetsons. 
and not animated. This no. is like actual people. No, 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 this is animated. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but other than that, uh, the the uh, the last one they brought, which was actually pretty decent, was "Fighting with My Family," which is a biopic based on one of their wrestlers. Okay. And it was it- produced by The Rock, and it has uh, S- Stephen Merchant, who was uh, he was in The Office. He co-created The Office. Okay. And he directed it in that lot. And it has like a decent cast with Lena Headley. I really recommend that one because it's actually decent. Actually has a good story to it. Wow. Uh, so do they have, they haven't made uh, movies for say each popular wrestler, did they? No, no, I'm looking right now. And yes, there's so many. Uh, the last one was the Marine Six Close Quarters with Shawn Michaels, The Miz and Becky Lynch. And what's that rated at for Rotten Tomatoes? Let's take a look. That might be a... <laughs> uh, that, I usually, in when I return, I do a full series of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year is going to be Resident Evil. Maybe one year I'll do the uh, Marine movies. Uh, there is no rating. No rating? Uh, I'm looking on IMDb. 4.9 out of 10. Okay. So that's... So they kind of hover around the... Almost yeah. the halfway mark. Yeah. I'm looking now. There's, because uh, we had the rundown on Walking Tall, which was uh, released as WWE Films. The last theatrical movie was uh, The Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and everything else has been straight to video. Uh, this yeah. was straight, the, uh, the chaperone was straight to video. Okay. And then the last one that actually came out in theaters was um fighting with my family okay but yeah lo- he, uh steve he was in uh grown-ups wasn't he yeah 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 he was also in the longest yard which had a bunch of wrestlers in it right but yeah so you got the marine one which has john cena in it mm-hmm. you got the marine two with ted dbrc junior <laughs> junior yeah his son oh and Does he, he wrestle? Uh, he used he to. He stopped wrestling it now. Oh, okay. But he used to wrestle. Then the Marine Free Homefront with the Miz, and then you've got the Marine Four Moving Target with the Miz and Summer Ray. That the Miz has now become a the 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 face of the Marine. Then you got Marine Five Battleground with the Miz, Maurice Olet, who is his wife, Heath Slater. Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and Naomi. Curtis Axel is the son of Mr. Perfect. Wow. So these are all military movies that they went to. Yeah. It started off as a vehicle for for John Cena, and then they told him to fuck off. So where does Chaperone fit in all these movies? You went from a bunch of Marine movies, yeah. and then all of a sudden you've got this, this school movie. The, the, the Chaperone is between the Marine 2 and Marine 3. Okay, so after Chaperone, they figured, you know what, we'll just stick to our Marine movies? <laughs> well, no, because it's like a bunch of other movies that they released. Like, I'm looking right now, and there's so many movies. They even do a bunch of Scooby-Doo movies as well. Really? They, 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 do you remember Jingle All the Way? Jingle All the Way. Uh, yeah, it sounds familiar. The Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with Sinbad. Uh, yeah, that's when they had that one toy and there were everyone was yeah. trying to get it. Yeah, they made a jingle all the way too. 
version two. Yeah, they made oh. a second one. And oh. you know who they got to play replace Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, the Rock? No, it's not even a wrestler. Oh, Larry the Cable Guy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Anyway, so that's enough about WWE films. We could be here all day. Uh, <laughs> I might have find my go-to list when I want to talk about bullshit. Just looking at these WWE Studios movies, I might have found a gold mine. Thanks to you, Todd. Yeah. So, Todd, oh, before I curse at you off off mic about telling about leading me to this, okay. talk about your podcast. Talk about your links. Uh, they'll all be in the description, but just talk about them. Just sell yourself, my friend. Oh, the only link, I mean, if you go to seanmcginnity.ca, and that's uh, S-E-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y.ca. There'll be a um, link, so no worries. Yeah, so so you can uh, you can find everything there. Uh, you can find the Meet the Geeks. Uh, uh, you can do, find our podcasts on there. You can find the, the comics on there. You can find Corey. You can find myself, the links to, to my site. Um, Sean usually has his whole list of, of Twitters and, and, uh, and stuff that he, that he kind of says, but you can find pretty much all that on uh, seanmcginnity.ca. Yeah. So when are you changing it to Todd Geek? When, when is the transition period going to begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's, uh, he's the main character in this, uh, in this endeavor. So I'm, I'm just kind of the sidekick. We, we got together years ago. Uh, a couple of years back and he wanted to kind of do podcasts. So I came, came on board after the fact. And we just kind of talk because he's my brother. We, you know, we, we talk about family stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And, and he used to, uh, every time he went to work or he was coming home from work, maybe once a week, he'd call me up. So it was like 20, 30 minutes before he got home. So, Hey, why not use that time? And uh, we kind of did our podcast thing on the road. Uh, but now he's working from home because of uh, of, of COVID. So he's he's actually uh, he actually has a little studio set up. So now we do kind of um, studio podcasts together now. Yeah, uh, it, the whole COVID thing we've all had to adapt. Like I've had to uh, use Zoom, like learn how to do Zoom because it's oh, actually it's, it's awesome. But like awesome. I was so worried because. I, I remember trying to do a Skype call with somebody using the podcast equipment and it failed <laughs> but because of the pandemic. I, I tried Skype again and it sucks. I really don't like Skype as a platform for podcasting, but zoom zoom is where it's at. Zoom, yeah. There's a reason why the, the, the vocabulary has changed to I'll just zoom you. Right. Well, when we first started, it was just basically his phone, my phone. We had an uh, actual program on the phone that we record. We started off that way. Uh, from there, we went into, uh, we got some microphones and stuff and, and, and started doing it that way. Just kind of ramped it up. And uh, we tried uh, with the messenger. We tried that. Yeah. We, tr we tried... Um, what you were talking about, we tried that. That was, you know, was okay. But this one here, the Zoom is great because you get the those extra audio files that you can actually did, did, adjust. Wasn't it me doing the podcast with you guys that kind of gave you the idea? Because I remember, I remember me being one of the main people to tell you, "Hey, use Zoom just because it's such a good platform to use." I remember, I, I remember 
we did a few episodes together around the same time, me on yours and you and uh, Sean on mine. And I remember that being a ma- major turning point for you guys to start using Zoom. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yes, we appreciate it. And and uh, yeah, and when we do our podcast festivals and stuff, you've been gracious in uh, yeah. helping out with that in the background and uh, made things run smoothly and. Uh, I mean, I could probably speak for everyone saying we, you know, we appreciate uh, what what you've done and it's been great. Thanks, Todd. Really appreciate it, man. So with that one, it's the best time to end the show. <laughs> get a bit of pro, get a there bit of go. praise, may as well end it right there. Yeah. So for, for me, James Beaver from the always awesome Todd McGinnity. Catch you next week, guys.